Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, running commentary. Hello, here we are with our guests this week. Would you like to introduce yourself to the uh, to the listeners? Would you like to? Um, I'm Lisa forth. Jackson. Full forth, yes. And author, running enthusiast. Yes. Um, Raconteur. Ma- ma- <laughs> well, I don't know about that so much, but um, I do specialize in chat running. So um, if you want to come for a long chat run, I'm the right person to, well, we're, we're the, we're, we're to glad invite to meet along. You from that point of view, that's yeah, absolutely, all we're yeah, Because that's how, that's how it came off the, the podcast. We used to go running and have a good chat and think, this is great. And the longer we run, the better the chats get. Oh, sure. no, no, well, absolutely. Like, and someone actually told me I'd run better if I stopped chatting. And I thought, if I stopped chatting, I wouldn't run at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's the only reason. I run. It's a chance to chat. So um, I have made it my speciality. And I have to say that it's got me around so many marathons. And I'd be without it. Actually, 105. I have done five more since April. Wow. (laughs) I genuinely thought the other day, how many have I done? Oh, it's about seven. I was feeling quite pleased with myself for for five minutes there. Then I met you and uh, Uh, Rob, there's quality and there's quantity, so do not ask me how long it's taken me yeah, to finish you, those marathons. Well, that just means that you've spent, um, you know, 400, 500 hours running marathons. It's just even more impressive. Well, it's very kind of you to say, but I, I can promise you that I do, you know, the kind of miles you've put in in training, I've just collected them all up in a bunches and done marathons instead. Right. So, it's, is so it just, do you perceive each marathon as just like a really long chat? Yes. Right. With, 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 with whoever happens to be next to you at the time sort of thing? Or do you, do you um, set off with people or do you like to just relax with it? Or what happens? Um, you know, people always ask me that because they said, do you chat all the time when you're running? And I say yes. And they go, even when there's not someone else there. <laughs> and I said, uh, no, I'm not actually mad. <laughs> you know, um, but funny Hello, enough. Mr. Trees. No, no, exactly. No, I don't, I don't act crazy My when shoes. I run. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty tired, eh? <laughs> like the guy in the Lego movie. <laughs> I'm Mr. Gel. Nice to meet you. Slurp. 
No. See, I didn't. I didn't. I, to me, I, the idea of running and talking was, was anathema to me because I always had my headphones on. And then I realised over time that that's a kind of hiding. You know, they're getting the music on is so I could forget all about me and my big uh, unfit, you know, self kind of going, Aah! just ignore that and listen to some old cure. So I, I, uh, I had to learn to be a talkie runner. But it's I, great. I think I do use music occasionally, but if you see me with headphones on listening to music, then I'm being I'm having a really bad day. <laughs> then that is a race I probably won't want to talk about afterwards. Oh, yeah. Um, Shall we utilise the, yeah. the system? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's I'll utilise it. The, actually, oh. actually, look, Rob, it's a clear road. Look We're at free. that old We're bus. Safe. We're safe. Okay. We're safe. Take a um, picture of that old bus over there. But I blank so out so what you know all the discomfort and everything else um, through chatting. But I do always wait for people to approach me. I don't intend to <laughs> inflict myself on people. What are you waiting for? You well, look perfectly pleasant. This way. Just launch forward. <laughs> now, I wear funny hats. And that's, I was almost <laughs> going to wear one with you today. And then I thought I might embarrass you. So I didn't. But I wore my but funny um, sheep hat yesterday out on a run. And it's so nice. Like, people just people smile just and be amused. You know, and they didn't talk to me yesterday because it wasn't just a normal one around my neighborhood. But in a marathon, everyone talks to you if you've got a hat on. So right. that's my, you know, immediate icebreaker. We, we, uh, we wanted to chat with you because we spend a lot of time talking about how to get, you know, quicker at marathons. And we can, mm. we can, there's a tendency, definitely for me, probably more than Rod, to take it all quite seriously. Um, and then, but we're all also of the philosophy that anyone who runs in anything at any time is just a runner. And obviously the ultimate yes. thing is enjoyment. And you seem like a pure example of someone exactly. who just runs We're not at the same fun. pace, but we are, are on the same page. And we <laughs> wanted to sign up Well, I that. heard you, def- you know, defending, um, you know, people who just want to run in yeah. one of your other yeah, um, of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say to you that, you know, life is so full of demands and things we have to strive for yeah. in everyday life. Every single project that you attempt, you know, every client that I see as a hypnotherapist, you're striving to be the best and all that kind of thing. And I just need some part of my life that isn't about performance. Yeah. And I found running... To I be think that's that, perfect. I think it absolutely is. To be that is, thing. Yeah. And it's freed me. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, I've had to get good to do some of the things, my real goals, like running comrades. I mean, right. I had to get faster. I had to chop an hour off my, you know, my personal best for marathon. Right. And I can do that. And I did it. And I proved, you know what, if I take this thing seriously, I can be a so, serious so, yeah. runner. So the comrades is... How long is a comrade? It's 56 miles. It's 56 miles. Yeah, 91 yeah. kilometers. It's, it varies actually every year. It's slightly different, but it's between 89 and 91 kilometers. Did you kilometers. get to do it in a short year? Uh, no. <laughs> I, did it. It the, I know. Sorry, I did it in the long year twice. We started, uh, we're just warming up with a stroll at the moment. We started in, uh, in the city and we've just popped out by the Tower of London and the Tower Bridge, which is wonderfully, well, it's brilliant anyway. And also, this is the Marathon on the Marathon route we're on It now, is, of course. And I have done this a shot of that. Look at that with the shot. Times. Very nice. We're sort of looking for somewhere somewhere quiet to begin uh, to begin the running. So you've done the comrades. That's amazing. That's well, amazing. it was absolutely a childhood dream come true and are you from South Africa I am indeed right, I was okay. born in Pretoria and I lived right. there for 24 years um, and comrades I mean obviously it's in the genes of every South African whether they run or not it's just has always been a very very unifying event for the whole country right and something we're very very proud of and obviously celebrates um, the first world war and the comradeship and suffering of those people um, mm. who fought there. So it's a very, very significant um, race for many reasons in South Africa. And you have to, you have to qualify for that. There's a you time do, thing. you do, right. and there's a five-hour cut-off, five-hour right. time qualifier. And that was, 
extremely difficult for me to to get below. It really what, was a five challenge. Five hours to run um, a marathon. marathon. Right, okay, cool. So it's right. a marathon. Um, so you need to be able to run a marathon in five hours, and the comrade is around. We might have to run on this side of the river then. Yeah, okay, fine. And it's 56, so it's a double marathon plus 5k, roughly. Wow. Yeah, adding that 5k seems cruel. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's mar- so it's a double marathon, yeah, plus yeah, 5k. Plus 5K. Yeah. And then just Why would you do it. that? Yeah, really? Tell you to stop. <laughs> That's true. And, and is, is it is the one, one way is up and one way is sort of a bit down with the comrades? Um, that's right, although I've attempted it three times. So the two years I successfully did it was the first time in the race's history that they had a double down. Great. So we can start walking around now because yeah, it's downhill. Okay. Um, <laughs> double down was just they did it in the same direction two years in a row because of the World Cup. So okay. they felt that Durban was a better place to celebrate the finish of the 85th anniversary oh, okay. of the race. Right. So um, I got a unique medal in that usually Hermes, the, the figure that is the symbol of comrades, faces their backs of a little man faces back to back okay. but mine they face the same way <laughs> so I'm one of very few people in the world well actually the only, you know very very small number of people who will have a medal that looks like that okay. in the race's history so I did it two years running down and that, was, and that was the one where you cracked it as well that's great and then unfortunately the third year um, I, was, I attempted the up run and um, I fell <laughs> well yes and uh, honestly and I fell off to 1K. I tripped on a cat's eye. Oh and my no. husband's last words to me just before we set off was, beware of the cat's eyes. Don't fall in a trap cat's eye. Oh. And I did it after 1K. Because you were so busy chatting. Um, no, actually, at this point, I was concentrating, believe it or not. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, this was no chatting. It was just, it was dark. Yeah, right. And oh. also, people tear off their bin bags and just throw them on the ground. Okay. So you can't right. always see where the cat's eyes are. And so I nearly tore off my arm. It felt like, you know, when you take a drumstick off a chicken. Oh. That's how my arm felt. Bleeding all over the place. And um, oh I did think, you know, just pull out. And then I just thought, oh, my God. I just cannot give up on this because of all the training that I've done and the expense of getting here. So I put my arm in my sports bra and carried it like a sling. Oh, God. And um, every plast I was given just bled off my arm. Wow. Oh my and then... I kept thinking, okay, I'll run to a cutoff, which I obviously won't make, and then I'll get pulled out, and I can say I was pulled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the problem was I kept getting through every cutoff. <laughs> yeah. Just a bit further. And then in the end, it was just, you know what? I'm, I'm not doing. a quitter. I can't finish this race today, but I'll let them pull me off. Right. And so in the end, I had about 26 police cars, ambulances, bail buses piled up behind and next to me. Right. And they eventually pulled me off. And I spent two hours in the bail bus because a little old gentleman refused to come off the course. So we followed him home. And so by the time I got back to the finish, which I could have, I no could have finished left. myself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just fell out the van and collapsed and completely lost consciousness um, oh on the grass. Wow. And then they said it was dehydration. So I, had to, I was threatened with a drip, and I just said to the fortunately very young doctor, I said to him, young man, <laughs> if you know what I've been through today, uh, that's my greatest fear is having a drip. And I said to him, you can't do this to me as well. This is just, can't get any worse. And then he said, if you drink 10 cups of cool drink, um, we'll let you go home without right. the drip. Right. So that's how I managed to escape the drip. <laughs> so I didn't finish that up your run. 
but I was pulled off it rather than like quitting. A, a fairly impressive experience, though. Well, I did 78 kilometres. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. which I'm really, really proud of. Yeah. And I had so much fun. I mean, I did meet other people. Sorry. Um, so, you know, it wasn't all lost. But as you know, they don't give you anything for trying, comrades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's all or nothing. Well, I've only ever run, only, I mean, I've only run marathons. It seems like the longest distance. I mean, going further is something that we're both curious of, but we've never We really came close to running at 30 to warm up for this last marathon, and then as we, we just got closer, we enough, said, yeah. that is a bad idea. And but listen, it. it's about the pace. The problem is, um, yeah, the pace, you have to radically cut your pace. Right. You have to accept walk breaks, which I'm the queen of anyway, so right. I was cut out for that. <laughs> um, and then also... You've got to remember, like a training run without a medal, without crowd support, without snacks. Yes. I mean, mentally, it's harder than doing the race. Right. So I wouldn't suggest you do that. There's so many snacks. Lots of snacks. (laughs) Tell me about this. Well, (laughs) it's more than snacks and distance. No, no, I I mean. So they give me a snack. It's got amazing snacks, actually. <laughs> Better go down there. Sorry. It's got salted potatoes. <laughs> salted potatoes. You can eat burravors. I think we've got to go down that way. We were, you can eat burravors off people's bras, barbecues, at the side of the road. And then I actually took my own snack um, collection, which got photographed by a strange man who said to me, I hope you don't think I'm being funny, but do you mind if I take a picture of your bottom? Oh. So, uh, hey, oh. so I said to him, hey, hey, oh, oh. yeah, it depends why <laughs> <laughs> you want to take a photo of my, my bottom. You, like, you, yeah. Is that something you actually describe as your snack? Is that simply where your snacks were? <laughs> we are, just can I give everyone a bit of geography? We've just come past the Tower of London where the cobbles gave me the fear because of your talk of going yes. over and pulling your arm off. And now we're... Uh, Carrying on west along the north side of the Thames. It's very nice. It's very busy. So you, so no, no, it's a guy at a feed station who's asked to take a, a photo of your... My bottom. Yes. And he said, if you give me your email address... Oh. We're not allowed. We no. can't so do this. Go, go sorry, I was intending us to run on the other side, but oh, that bridge error... Closure, this is all good. Sorry. So um, I, he said to me, give me your email address and I'll send it to you. And I was like, mm. <laughs> And then I said, okay, tell me why you want a picture. And he said... Because no I've never seen a running tuck shop before. <laughs> because my gel belt didn't have gels in. Right. It just had sticks of biltong. Right. I was going to say, I would be on the list. Oh, chocolate. And chocolate covered protein bars and things like that. So, and I think some people used to steal it because I'm sure there wasn't as much biltong by <laughs> the time. Nicking meat. Yeah. Nicky <laughs> D, our. our Australian friend who's a really uh, fierce distance runner. He uh, um, came back from, uh, I think it was just, he was uh, recovering from injury and he did London Marathon a couple of years ago. Yeah. We were talking about it a couple of days later. He said, yeah, it was halfway around, I had some biltong and it was perfect. That's what got me there. And um, I only realised he hadn't made it completely clear what he's telling me because he's a vegan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, you know, the decision to go after the biltong mid marathon was quite a bold one. Yeah. But I don't think he regretted it Life at all. Life changing. <laughs> it's not that... Because I'm pretty sure Biltong's not vegan. Uh, no. Yeah. You don't, don't even get vegan versions vegan, of it. I don't think the cows survive that. No, it's not even vegetarian. No. So what sparked you off to... You've run all these marathons. You've run 105, 106 marathons. What sparked... What's the initial impulse to, to get going into? Yeah, what turned the switch on? Well, it was the London Marathon, of course. 
which I think most people will tell you, you know, was, well, I know many, it's many people, it was their first and it's so incredible. And I think, I mean, I've run, you know, in 22 different countries, so I know what the crowd support's like all around the world and I, I just cannot, you cannot beat <laughs> London. And... Uh, it's in, the atmosphere, the noise is just yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, you yeah. just can't, and, you know, the posters, the snacks people give you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think going back to what I was saying about how, what, us wanting to meet you because of what, a, a sort of specific attitude to running and what it means to people and individuals, kind of as distinct from, I don't know, athletic achievement and PBs and all that stuff, is something that the crowd at the London Marathon get. Oh, yeah. You know, they're totally into it. They know that every runner there is a hero. It doesn't matter oh, whether they're walking or running or dressed as a butterfly or Mo Farah, you know. <laughs> it's the same principle, isn't it? Or chatting in a hat while people <laughs> nip their... Well, I actually um, came to spectate at the London Marathon once with someone yeah. who said to me, oh, you know, these people at the back, they might as well just give up. Um, you know, the they're attitude, just not in the it? race anymore. Yeah, it's not the And attitude. I just sort of stood rooted to the spot because I just thought, tell me that when you've run a marathon. Yeah. Fast or slow, just covered 42.2 on your own two feet, you know, in a, in one day. Yep. I, I, and I, then I, come and belittle anybody else's achievements. Absolutely. So obviously I feel incredibly passionate about... I almost think it's harder that, to run a marathon... Yeah in five or six hours than three three and a half or whatever because you're on your feet for twice that's as long. right it's all about what's it's available to time you. isn't it it must be and in well, terms of attitude it must be really hard work I have to say to, to you on your feet for that long it really is and I have run obviously faster marathons and slower ones and I have to say the longer you take the harder it gets yeah. It's actually harder to walk a marathon than it is to run one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I, really I is. And done. you don't have gravity helping you with walking either. No. So, no, absolutely. I just think, you know, you were saying this. I think people should celebrate amazing runners. I, I totally get that. I mean, I'm inspired by wonderful people like Joe Pavey and Paula Radcliffe and Mo Farah. Yes. And they do set me an example of perfection. But it's an example I'm never going to reach myself of course and it's um i just think that to belittle anyone for their achievements is just ridiculous because every runner has a story and that's what i find out because i chat so much and when you hear the tales of people you know who've lost five stone or they've got severe asthma um or they're running in memory of someone who died that's so precious to them. Oh, they've been How ill can themselves. you look down, exactly. Yep. How can you look down that person and say, oh, sorry, you know, I don't think you're a real runner. Step and it up, yeah, yeah. Your achievement isn't valid. Well, I think the opposite is true. Now, I don't, story, I don't yeah. know if um, it's, uh, if I was just guessing at this in a grumpy way, or it was true, but I felt like on the last marathon we did, I saw people who were really fast, but they hadn't quite missed, they hadn't quite got their target time. And I saw them kind of giving up Towards the end, because right. they weren't going to get the time they were going for. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that is the wrong attitude, as far as I'm concerned. It's like, well, that doesn't matter. You've nearly done a marathon. It's like Paul always says, whatever happens, if you get to that finish line, you've done a marathon. That, and you're a little the, bit different at the end of each one. That's enormous, mean. you know. Whatever oh, you are. You're a changed person. Yes. Because yeah, that's what I find. It's an emotional well, experience on every level that you yeah. do. It, it is. Yeah. And I have to say, the fast marathons I've run, I mean, my London was my PB. Right. 4.38. I didn't speak to a single person. 
I put my headphones on. Right. And I can't remember anything about that race except being irritated by other runners getting in my way. <laughs> now, That's not really to, your use, kind of thing. to use the London Marathon to have that experience is a crime. Yes. I mean, yeah. you've got such, all the world comes here to run with you. You can run with people from every country in the world. Yeah. So I wouldn't like to, you know, there's not something I really strive at repeating. I still let my people, you know, go fast. But um, they do miss a lot, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do not. You cannot run the way you guys, when you're doing your sub-threes or aiming for your sub-three, you can't talk. And I don't think you can well, actually, appreciate to, it as much, can you? To be, to be fair, I mean, I, listen, I haven't broken three yet. I did 3-3 three, three in York. Wow. But, um, but in the first part, part of that race, I found myself in a group of runners going for about the same time, and there's no pacemaker. Yeah. And people were talking. I oh, mean, that's it, was, it, it was it was like they were just chatting about pace and kind of because early yeah. doors are on, and it, you're not you're not exhausted. You get more tired the longer yeah. it goes on, obviously. But I think you're yeah. quite good at this balancing act because I think you were having quite a good time and, and interacting towards the end as well. Yeah, it's like I was saying, it's that thing of doing that. I mean, they say you go fast because it's available to you. It's not instead yeah. of. Yeah. It's the kind of marathon runner that you are. Like Louise Breckenridge Richards said, you know. There are as many different reasons for running as there are runners, you know. Oh, but absolutely. As long as you're not losing that sense of the community and all these different people coming together, you know. No, and that's wonderful. I mean, sometimes I have run in silence, believe it or not, just yeah. next to someone who's exactly my pace. Yes, yeah, so And they push nice me, yeah. you know, harder than I would normally run. And I've just enjoyed it so much. So I can get that thrill. But that's not my kind of I actually think normal for, way of for, running. For me... I enjoy it more, and I actually run a bit more faster if I'm more open to the crowd as well. If I, if I do high five people and oh, react to that, because I get energy yeah, off it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as opposed to like this is me and sort of don't touch me thing. I like high fiving kids in the first. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you a bit of a. It fills you with a bit of joy. And very it, specifically, know? it gives you that little jump. You know, yeah. you, when you're doing any kind of, I think even this is true even for, you know, uh, short distance runners and Olympic athletes and stuff. It's really he- or any walk of life. If you're doing something stressful or difficult, you can get kind of in a tunnel of solitude. Yes, and oh, it's a dark anything, place. Any situation dark room. pops you out of that. Yeah, it's nice. You yeah. kind of reset. Absolutely. Well, I um, spoke this to David nice. Weir about this, and just about, you know, do you ever get blasé about the crowd support, or just wishing we go away and let you focus? And he said, yeah. No, you cannot believe how energising it is. So I love it that you know, I do a lot of cheering. I mean, that's the other thing I like doing. Is marshalling and supporting. Right. Yeah. And sometimes people go, God, you know, do you have to keep shouting solidly for four hours? <laughs> and I kind of go, Well, people like did talking. this for me. Yeah, 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 and I yeah. do go home literally with sore hands and a and horse throat. Yeah. But I just think it's the least I can do because I know that when people have, you know, when I've been running doubled over and people have actually looked up under my face and said, I think Come you're on. amazing. You know, it's made it really me finish. Helps. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and I think you have to give back as well. And that's why I do dress up in funny costumes because I think a lot of people complain there isn't crowd support. But it's not that interesting. Yeah. No. Just watching people in shorts. No. And that's why I do think no, you're right. I have a job to do, you know, which is to entertain. They which also kind of often look a lot less happy than they do on the telly. Because mm. people get past the camera and then drop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do have my fake camera face too. I love this idea of you as a kind of running entertainer. I really like that. <laughs> but well, you I often to. seem to, when I've, when I've been reading about the races, you often seem to... Meet people, end up helping them, help, end up 
It's like kind of shared endeavour, isn't it? And being open to experiences, letting things happen to you. Because well, some quite thing. crazy things have happened to you. No, 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 uh, that's absolutely true. And I call it life-saving. Yeah. But the funniest thing is, I think I said it in my book, is, you know, the, you think the person who re- you rescue, if you go up and pick someone up and say to them, listen, if you come with me, Tonight you'll be sleeping in your medal. I'll get you to the finish. That person does just as much for me in terms of altering my focus, entertaining me with their life story, etc., than I ever do for them. So, in fact, it sounds terribly altruistic, but it can also be incredibly about putting myself first well, and just both. going... It's both, isn't it? I mean, there's <laughs> no such thing as altruism, really. You always find something good about yourself yeah, you need in to that moment. That's get something back. So it's yeah, like the yeah. best way to do good, sorry, feel good is to do good. Yeah. And, uh, oh, those people, you know, I met someone recently, actually, at the Brighton Marathon, Brian Page, and uh, he has exactly that. He goes on these rescue missions, as he calls it. And we collected up about nine people in the Brighton Marathon. And every single one of those people finished ahead of me. And they were looking like they were just about to throw in the towel right. or they were cold and they didn't have clothes. So I just you know, lent one of them a jacket. And it was just hugely yeah. rewarding. And that way, you know, I felt like I got nine medals rather than just my own. That's right. And, and, and also those people must appreciate it so much because you're in such a um, kind of, you've taken that layer of skin away. You know, you're in such mm. an emotionally vulnerable position mm. that if someone even helps you by giving you, I don't know, a jelly baby, oh, it, I know. it can make you want to cry. No, no. So, I know. had that in my London Marathon, my first one. Someone in Docklands gave me a ham sandwich. Yeah. And, you know, I, I took seven hours to do that, do that race. And I honestly just almost just... Just sat down and just cried, and then yeah, I just wanted yeah. to hug her and not stop. But I didn't think she'd really appreciate yeah, yeah. You know, all my lips glitter around and rubbing off on her. It's, it's, it's real emotion. And you've also got the experience of knowing that that they can't finish because you've been in that situation so often yourself. So oh, yeah. you build up a wealth of experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You see, that's the funny thing, because when they see me, they think, oh, she's suffering as much as I am. And I think, you know what, I probably am. But what I've got behind me is the confidence of 104 marathons. Yes. Yeah. And I actually told them, I say, listen, you're doing as badly as I'm doing now, yeah. but I've done 104 and this is your first one. Yeah. So you're actually doing great. But you must you're also have a certain kind of iron commitment that helped you with that when you hadn't when you hadn't run a hundred marathons. I mean, what is it you know, you were saying before we started out that you've got a love hate relationship with running. What mm. is the before all these experiences and the kind of finding your place in the sort of running community, what was the thing that made you stay on the track? What what got you around the first five K? What's the thing that makes uh, you unable to resist? Well it was the cheering. Yeah. That was my first thing. I mean now I'm not as dependent on cheering. Like I don't I don't really look for crowd support. If I get it, it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm much more about giving support to my fellow runners. But it was just you know the penguin, um, John Bingham. He wrote about a run that he went on where he was he running wrote, with wait, her. Wait, wait, let's have a look at your mic. Wait. Yeah. Just put it a bit closer. Fantastic. Yeah, he wrote for Runner's World, didn't he? He wrote for Runner's World. Yes. He had a column called Back of the Pack, was it? Um it was called the Penguin Chronicles. Right, yes. Okay. And um, he wrote about running a race with a, a man in his 40s. And how this man suddenly burst out crying. And he asked him why he, why he was crying. And he said, you know, I've been a loyal employee. I've been a devoted husband. I've been a you know, devoted dad. But no one's ever cheered for me before. Yeah, wow. and, I, and I just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm absolutely overwhelmed. And I think... That that, I mean, I'm obviously, you know, I've never played football. I've never played team sports. So I've actually never had anyone 
actively cheer for me. So to do a 5K race for life and have people cheering for me, I really think, you know, that in the middle and also the camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's all those elements. It gives you uh, <clears throat> drama for the day, doesn't it? It gives you a great... It's, it's a dramatic event, isn't it, a marathon? And it's, open, it's available to everyone, isn't it? Well, it you is. It's I mean? like a play. Yeah. And when I turn up, I always think I've got a blank slate. Yeah. And I have no idea what's going to happen today. Probably the only bit I know is the end, yeah. which is I will have a medal. Yes. That's kind of the written to the script because I never, ever and then you'll contemplate failure. That medal. I do. Which really worries me. I mean, which what is that catches? <laughs> That'd be a terrible, really, really sad way to go. <laughs> You've got to watch it doesn't get hooked up over the bedpost. <laughs> well, I have to say, you should see some of the medals I get. They're about as big as an A5 piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. So they do become slightly unwieldy. They have to sort of sleep on the pillow next to me. <laughs> but you're right. But I do have that goal all the time. I just have you all sleep in your middle. And I can sort of feel it. Like I love touching my medals and sort of stroking them when I get them. And I just remember that feeling I got the time before. And that just drags me through the next marathon and the next one and the next yeah, one. Yeah. It's not the medal, is it? It's not the piece of metal. It's the fact that that is a, is a physical embodiment of that whole that story. Absolutely. You're about that adventure. It's almost like, you know, when you look at a book on your shelf and it's just you read the name of the book. And there's a whole story behind that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every marathon I do, I never know who I'll meet. I never know if people will need my help or will I'll need help or anything. But... I know it's going to be an adventure, yeah. as long as I talk to people. I mean, you've got so many. I mean, have you do? Is it possible to have favourites or most dramatic or? Um, do you know the one that I think is the most special was um, Beachy Head oh. a few years ago, right. because I was um, conned into entering it by a friend of mine. He said that if I like cake, which I do, right. then I would like beachy. Yeah. And she didn't mention anything else about it, and I've never done a trail marathon. That like, that's not enough detail, is it? No, but this has been the problem. I haven't got time to get into the detail. Yeah. I never really research the races I'm doing properly because I haven't got time. Very good. So, actually, it's been a blessing because I think if I could anticipate, you know, what I've let myself in for, like I've done marathons, like the Beauty and the Beast, that was called the you know, the toughest trail marathon in the UK. So toughest multi-lap. I mean, if I'd read that, there's no way I would have gone. It's good to be taken by surprise. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And of course, I finished that twice. Um, so with Beachy, I mean, you must know, it's, it's running up an eighth of Everest. That's, that's how much elevation is. Wow. <laughs> but obviously, I don't run it. I just walk those. Well, I walk most of it every year, actually. But I got to a point where there was this forlorn figure sitting on a camp stool up on the Seven Sisters, crying her eyes out. And I went over to her. And usually, you know, I just leave people. I just think, okay, you know, have your moment. But she just looked. I don't want to embarrass them, but I I just, the look on her face was so terrible. So I went over and I just said, you know, you're right. And she said, no. She said, I should have pulled out 10 miles ago. And at that very point, another woman I'd been running with just came up and she said, Yes, you should have, but you didn't. And now you've only got six miles to go, and you'd be a bloody fool if you didn't finish it. And I said to this woman, listen, come with us. We were a great band. This other woman was dragging through seven marathon virgins. I don't know what she was thinking. And I said, come with Kaz and the virgins and me, and we will just talk you through. You won't have to do anything except listen to us talking, and we'll get you there. So she got up off her camp stool. She starts coming along, 
And all of a sudden, there's just another flood of tears. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, this one's actually injured. We're doing something dangerous now. So I said to her, listen, you need to tell me if this is like physical injury and pain, in which case you just have to come with us. Um, but if it's just, sorry, you, you, you need to stop, sorry. Yes. But if it's head pain, if it's just, this is tough and I can't go on, then you can't let you stop. And she said, no, no, it's head pain. So we said, okay. The next minute, she's not crying. She turned into the lifesaver of the group. She was telling us stories. She was making us laugh. She was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And later, her husband came out to fetch her back onto the course. And we gave him such a talking to and said, listen, look after your own wife next time. You know, we're not here to do your job for you. We're just joking. <laughs> and you know that when I wanted to retell that story in my book, I looked her up. And she was training for an Ironman. Wow. And she actually did that Ironman and had to pull out. But she hasn't stopped. She's training for another one. Yeah, yeah. And I just think, who could ever have guessed? I mean, she was actually my greatest life-saving you know, thing, because I've never seen anyone so, far yeah. so bad in such really a bad way. went through a door that yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I rescued thinking, her. Do you need to go to hospital? Yeah. Do you need to press Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't just me. I mean, it was Kaz and the Virgins as well, but um, I think that that was so special. And I met up with her at the London Marathon I this year. I love and the Virgins. I love their first uh, album in particular. Yeah. <laughs> I saw them on tour in 1981. <laughs> 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 One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're in Wapping now, I think, looking at all these old buildings. And uh, I just wanted to, just a little thing that happened to me one marathon. Yeah. I was on the London Marathon coming through wherever it goes that's nearest to here. And uh, I saw, it's nice to be waving and cheering. It's nice, it's a narrow bit. And then uh, I saw this old guy at a window. And it was Stephen Burkhoff. Oh, wow. Oh, I love his place. <laughs> yeah. How and incredible. I love his place. And I love his hammy baddies in films such as Octopussy and Beverly Hills Cop as well. <laughs> but yeah, no, I saw Auntie Sher in, oh, the, in the redo of The Trial at the National. It changed my life. Really? So I look up at one of these first four windows and there's Stephen Burkhoff there. And I kind of caught his eye and pointed at him in a way that said, 
Oh, hello, Stephen. <laughs> and he gave me, he waved to me in a wave that was so... Bukovian wave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was beyond, the Queen would have said, come on, Stephen, that's a bit regal. <laughs> he gave me this kind of half hand. Oh. Yes, I am. Oh, that's so funny. He's got a presence, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Me and him, that marathon, that was special. <laughs> But Anthony Schur is also amazing. I saw him as Richard III many years ago. What wow. And it was just every sinew of his body was acting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love Obviously, that, we're um, very proud of him because he's South African. Yeah. We can introduce that into every topic now. Proudly <laughs> South African. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Schur, Bill Tong. Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, because they... Uh, um, Jolly's Teron. Kafka... Um, uh, adaptations they're wonderful total theatre experiences but very sort of potentially dry yeah so having him at, at the heart of that as Joseph K you know he's in this basically completely non-naturalistic black and white uh, surreal bureaucratic world yeah but he brought so much passion to it like almost where there was none available you know wow because he's such an actor he's just so intense yeah absolutely <laughs> So thanks, Stephen. Wherever you are in your first floor flat. <laughs> so you've written, you've written two books. Sir. Great titles. I've actually written three books, but two of them are about running. Right. Okay. So the first one was Running Made Easy. Yes. yes. And that's just extolled, you know, walk running, and the joy of running. Really, I mean, it was something I discovered. You know, even though obviously Jeff Galloway <laughs> had written about it, I didn't know that. I wasn't experienced enough to know about running books or even running magazines. That's a really nice perspective, though, isn't it? Completely fresh. Yes. There's so much written about running. It's nice to... And it was it. just a revelation, you know, and I ran faster walk running than I did running the whole way. Much better recovery physically. So that was a hugely exciting discovery for and me. Just and a deeper uh, sense of no wrong answers, you know, just getting out there and doing it. Oh, absolutely. Everyone, and, you know, people judge themselves so much. And my second book, Your Pace or Mine, people have said to me, thank such, you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Actually, it was quite funny because um, my wonderful publisher, Debbie, um, when we were discussing titles... She says, oh, you know what? My CEO doesn't do puns, so I don't think he's going to go for it. And I said to her, your CEO has published a book called My Life as a Hooker, which is all about rugby. And I said, I think I can have a very (laughs) strong case that mine, you know, should be accepted. And so she did accept it. And I think, you know, the book is really a giant permission slip to anyone who thinks that they are too fast, too old, too injured, too non-athletic to run. And it's just, yeah. come on, guys. I think come and join us. You'll find someone who will help you. We're out there, all of us. There's people like me. There's people like Brian Page. We're looking for you. And, you know, you just have to look for us. And there's not just us, obviously. There's a whole army of people like ourselves yep. who are going to help you. And you just need to reach out, you know, to park run, to race for life. Or just, you know, a friend who runs. And I think it's just wonderful that this country, you know, gives us so many marathons with these really long cutoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, it doesn't have, to, doesn't have to be marathons, obviously. No. But there's so many wonderful events you can enter. Um, dress up, you know, Santa runs and sumo runs and gorilla runs and all that. Spooky sprints. Spooky sprints. I saw you were doing the spooky yeah, sprint. Spooky sprint. <laughs> and... Uh, I just think people, you know, this is what I loved about running, to be honest with you, was that at work I always had to get permission to do everything. Yeah. And, you know, running was, people could look at me and on paper it would be, you'll never be a runner. 
Yeah. You will never run a marathon. You're a hopeless person and you, you know, really everything. Really you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, it's just theoretically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You know, may I say that? But I just thought, I'm asking you for permission. No. I'm giving myself permission. I'll give myself permission to run as many as a Don will like. Well, and, we, um, we've talked down the, down the, down the podcast and I've chatted to strangers about this all the time, this sense that the, we're living in a generation where I think almost the majority of runners are people, and when I say runners, I mean anyone who runs, you know, rather than anyone who's got a medal or done an event, just anyone who gets out and has a run. I almost think the majority of those people would say, well, I'm not really a runner. And I think what you're doing is saying to those people, yeah, you are. You know, it's... it's, uh, it's uh, well, I read a long time ago, and this is in the olden days, it said, the first time you write a check to enter a race, that's when you're a runner. Yeah, yeah. And I just love it. And I just don't think it even needs a check. I think it needs you to get out your house with some trainers on and run to the end of the block yeah, yeah. and tell yourself you're amazing. Because yeah. I do that sometimes. If I didn't feel like running, I sometimes go for a very short period of time and I just come home and I look in the mirror and I look for that one single bead of sweat that's developed because I haven't run long or hard enough. <laughs> and I just go, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm so proud of you because it doesn't come easy. It always feels like I'm dragging a tire behind me. And yet I'm still doing it. And, and I know there's lots of people like me who really struggle. And, you know, I know people in the 100 Marathon Club and they just go... Lisa, it never gets any easier. And I say, well, thank God you said that because, you know, you would think last year running a marathon every second weekend, I would just get faster and faster, faster and faster. If anything, I just got slower and slower and slower because I've got all these problems with my feet. Okay. Um, and also, obviously, you know, got more people to chat to at every single one of them. You don't get much time to recover. No. Your body's not recovering. No, no, no. So um, I think it's fine. I just don't think you have to be good at running. You know, to love it. And I went for a run yesterday. I've been sitting down all day. And I just said, there's a lovely expression that Pam Reed once said to me. She said, I don't feel I have to go for a run. I say I get to run. And yesterday it was, you know, I'm super busy. But I'm giving myself the gift of 45 minutes in the autumn leaves. Looking at pond life. It's a present, isn't it? It's it a is rest. a present. It's like an active rest, isn't it, really? Absolutely. It's a little yeah, it's a bit of time, isn't it? Take you to your own place. Yes. Although I don't do too much meditation, remember, because I am usually talking. Yeah, yeah. Talking, talking. <laughs> you, but also listening. That's a nice Don't forget. Book. Oh, sorry. Don't forget. That's all oh, okay. We're running the song so far. That's, that's the next book. Don't it? forget. Talking with talking <laughs> But um, listening. You know, people share stuff when they run, and I do it too, that I actually wouldn't share at any other time, because you're not looking at the person, and as you said, it takes a layer of skin off, and you are just yourself, and so... And your brain, you just get more relaxed, don't you? As you look yeah. You run, so you get more free. They all come. No, no, absolutely. And also, you just feel like you're suffering together, so it feels appropriate to share quite personal things sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, don't... I don't treat running as therapy, but you certainly feel like you've been in therapy. Yeah, it has therapeutic <laughs> elements, definitely. Yeah. Of it is like, uh, it feels medicinal at times. Oh, yeah. Sometimes oh, totally. Feel, I just need to go for a run. Yeah. yeah and, 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 and I know I'll feel better. Yeah. And that problem you have, that big thing, if you can get out for that run, it will never, it will never be as bad again. No. It might still be bad when you get back. 
but you're kind of one small step further away from it. Absolutely. But also when I was studying hypnotherapy, because I'm a hypnotherapist as well, I remember that I had to work late the day before my exam. Yeah. And I've never worked harder for an exam in my life. And I came home and I just, I was an utter ball of stress. And I thought, how can they do this to me? Well, one day I needed to leave on time and I couldn't. And my husband said to me, I don't want you in the house. I want you to go out for a run. And I said, oh, you crazy. I said, I've already lost two hours to over, you know, over time. And I can't, I can't. I've just got to study. And he said, I'm not letting you back in the house. Go, 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 go. Really like and you know, really like oh, listen, we could talk. We could do a whole podcast about him if you like. His one Get is, um, he's done 27 marathons and two ultra marathons against his will. Right. That's my husband's going to play. That's his so, book, yeah. Against my that's will. That's his book, yeah. Against My Will. Yeah. Exactly. So he pushed no. me out the door and I came back. I didn't go for long again. I went for about 15, 20 minutes. Do you know, I felt like I'd slept a whole night. Yeah, yeah. I sat down, my head was clear, no headache, you know, and I just did what I needed to do and did really well. So They say that there was that, oh, I can't remember her name. Yes, uh, Melissa Dahl in New York was, uh, did a to, uh, was doing stuff about um, the actual, uh, it's physiologically true, you know, that we sharpen our brains up by doing exercises. It yes. just feel nicer. It, 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 it makes you better. It is, it is medicinal. Yes. It, your body kind of resets itself to assuming it's going to have to be clearer and smarter. And, you know, you kind of put yourself almost in, in hunter mode. Yes. And uh, your brain steps up to match the energy and oxygen you're giving your body. So well, another expert that I spoke to you talked about how running creates new neural pathways in our brain all the time. So the fact that you and I now have to stop and not fall in the canal or not trip on a stone is actually making our brain grow. Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting. It actually stimulates your brain, even if you don't think it. You think you're tuning out. You have to listen to what your body's telling you all the time. From a, from a comedy imperative point of view, though, I'm just now really finding the urge to not just fall into the canal for a <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be really funny. I think if it was a warmer time of year, I'd be in. You would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You'd be careful of swan poo. Yeah, these swans are going to... Is this your... Not at all, Paul. I was just about to confess. Careful. I have absolutely no idea where we are. Oh, okay. So, uh... Oh, I assume uh, it's your kind of, you know... No. Dinner time, loop, you know. No. In fact, you can just, like, just run in blindly. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've looped nicely. We're coming back to St. Catherine's Dock. Okay. So that is where we started. See, Rob so does know where we are. Okay. I did see a sign for that, so I was living Rob in knows. home. Rob knows. Rob, Rob oh, you've got a homing pigeon. Map. I'm a map guy. <laughs> I don't need a map to have a map, if you know what I mean. Well, that's wonderful. I need a map for the map. <laughs> you need to step into the map like Joey and friends. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I do run a little bit like uh, Phoebe, I'm told. <laughs> Especially, you haven't seen me sprint, but that is a comedy sight. I am um, uh, uh, in the family watch Chariots of Fire the weekend. Oh my goodness, what, what a, a film. film! Yeah, haven't seen it. It's the first time I've seen it since uh, since running, and it also obviously it's a long time ago. It really stands the test of time. It's a great film. Great movie. But the reason yeah. I thought of it is because uh, the guy. Um, James Charleston or something playing uh, Eric Little he's got such a good he looks like a great runner but he doesn't look like a Grecian or anything you know his finishing style with his kind of arms flapped up and yeah. his jaw distended is just so compelling it's brilliant so have you got any other plans for places runs or are you going to take a rest no I, I'm kind of 
I said to him, do you want my main goal going forward is to remain married? Right. Because <laughs> I think that's a really good. Um, I think yeah. I think it's a really. It's achievable. It's, it's, it's yeah. a lot of us can aim. You've got to chunk it down. You know, yeah. It can last another week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I isn't quite like it, but I do think if you are away from home every second weekend, you know, it's not really good. What well, did you say? Do you for, run 25 marathons last year? Yes, I did. That's, that's you know that is a lot. It was too much. <laughs> um, but I was saying to Robert. I'm aiming to run 100 half marathons, so I'm at about 30, 31 at the moment. Okay, right. Um, I still want to run the Two Oceans um, half marathon. Well, it's a, it's a little bit, no, sorry, not the half marathon, the ultra marathon. I've done the half already. The Two Ocean uh, Ultra? Yes, in so South what Africa. Is what is that? That's another one in South Africa, is it? Yeah, but that's um, 56 um, kilometres, so it's not that much longer than a marathon. Okay. And it's, it's one of the most beautiful races in the world. It runs along... Chapman's Peak Drive, which was a road cut into the sheer rock drop into the sea by Italian prisoners of war in the Second World War. (laughs) So the views are incomparable. It's amazing. But um, again, you know, it needs um, the focus. I mean, I can't do too many things at the same time. So my next goal is to actually write a travel book. Um, And once I've done that... I think I can get back to running as a, right. um, you know, as a focus again. But I mean, it's hard to stay focused on running to quite such an extent. Who, you know, you're in, you're it takes out. A lot of time, doesn't it? Well. It does. Yeah. And I mean, to do two oceans, you have to qualify again. So I'd have to get a lot faster and really put in the training. Can't just turn up at marathons and say one marathon's a training for another marathon. Right. It just doesn't work like that. So yeah. What's your What's the other book? You said you run three. You've written three, three books, but one's not about running. Um, the other one's about hypnosis, healthy eating, and exercise. Called it All Yourself Slim. Excellent. So that's my work as a hypnotherapist, and just helping people, you know, find the joy in healthy living. Because I think people just see it as a terrible chore. Yes. And something really boring. And I know I did to begin with. I think people have this almost. Um, uh, uh, for want of a less simplistic term, sort of post-religious sense that to be a good person you have to beat yourself up. <laughs> and I think that's a very British perspective. You know, it's like people in other countries don't have that work and play. <coughs> just do some work and then they play and it's all the same rhythm. Absolutely. Whereas here we like, we work, mm. then we get drunk. You know, it's all kind of, it's like, it, we were like playing hard work. That's right. right. Work hard, play hard. Yes. Yeah. People miss work that work is so true. So to beat themselves up. That you know. is so true. Well, I'll never forget that uh, when I first started running, I read a running plan and it said day one rest. Yeah. And I thought, hey, I'm going to like this running thing because <laughs> I'm really good at resting. Yeah. And people always say to me, oh, my God, you know, if you've been injured, do you just climb the walls? Do you go mad when you have to taper? It's like, no. no <laughs> Quite taper, happy taper, to right? yeah. sit and watch TV. Thank you. I don't know if you, we're just back at St. Catherine's Dock. It's quite good. The water's rushing under here. Wow. It's been quite a dramatic run, hasn't it, really, in terms of... Scenery? It really is, yeah. Now, usually, when I run from here, I run down to Victoria Station. So that was the run I was going to take on, because that I didn't know. <laughs> Whereas this has been an adventure. Great, because I don't really like running places I don't know, just in case I get lost. <laughs> and I can't get back. Right. But this has given me a new, given you a new place to loop. run, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could do that loop. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I also like the way, I don't know if you've, 
if listeners have heard them a little bit over our mics, but we just kind of got caught up with a bunch of guys who are almost like a metaphor for some stuff we were talking about earlier on. So all men, all uh, really kind of clearly keen on pace, quite competitive with each other. I mean, I think they were happy and having a good time, but they were... <laughs> there was they quite a nice man. juxtaposition between them and us. <laughs> they, they were kind of coming past us, we were coming through. Run, 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 yeah, run. Run, run, we should have said that. Fun runners coming through. Please don't mess with us. <laughs> but the interesting thing was um, Vaclav Havel, uh, former Czech, Czech president, yeah. uh, he wrote something about um, people who take themselves too seriously look risk looking ridiculous and so it's therefore better you know to have a sense of humour about yourself yeah. and uh, you know I think in my case you know taking myself seriously was never going to work because I'm not cut out for running and so just having a laugh about it yeah. has really you know worked for me and, and, uh, and like so many running things that doesn't just apply to running does it oh no absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. I think I when just I think was a creative really... uh, teen, I just thought that one day I'd forget, I'd, I kind of put my sense of humour to one side and become this kind of serious artiste. <laughs> and that was, uh, that was my inexperience showing. Well, as comedians, you must know. I mean, when I've been feeling really down, I've actually gone to comedy shows just to, you know, for that two hours... Just to feel, yeah, yeah, swept up in something, never know where it's going to lead, and just felt so much better afterwards. Yeah, we can't do that because we're always there being all cynical about it backstage. (laughs) (laughs) We're always there worrying about the crowd, yeah. (laughs) That chatty woman from South Africa (laughs) in the front with loads of cash. Oh, no. (laughs) What's she doing there with that hat? (laughs) No, I would never heckle you. (laughs) I'm not that kind of person. I was actually really surprised because we went to the Edinburgh Festival last year. And I couldn't believe the amount of heckling people got. I thought, that's so rude. I I couldn't come here to hear you heckle. I came here to re-hear the comedian. Yeah, I was at the comedy store at the weekend and there was one, there was a bunch of young, rich guys and one of them just kept shouting out one rude word no. with no context or <laughs> justification. You know, it wasn't yeah. adding, wasn't calling back to a conversation or doing anything, just shouting it out like a 10-year-old. And I just thought the conceit, yeah. do you think that's going to that's gonna improve everyone's experience? Yeah. <laughs> but tell me, do you actually have heckling lessons? Is there people who give master classes on how to deal with hecklers or do you have to no, you learn on the, you make learn your on own the yeah. version? Way, I kind of miss proper heckling a bit because these days often the trouble, the trouble is with people talking to each other. Oh. And it's not as much fun as in the old oh, no. days when someone would say, here's a put down, and you go, or they get distracted by phones. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say. Filming you or oh. yeah, putting you on Snapchat. People are not as good at sitting, sitting and watching something for half an hour as they yeah. used to. There's no two ways about it. No, but that's where, um, I think you actually said it, Paul, when you wrote my review of my book, you said about how... It's your chance to disconnect yeah, yes. from the technical world. Yeah, and well, that's I why you know, I don't play music most of the time, etc. Yeah. Because I just do want to be in the moment, you know, feeling. That's yeah. what I like about it. Yeah. I remember feeling alive. yesterday, actually, for, for boring reasons, I didn't take my phone with me on my run. Right. And, uh, and I just remembered that that always used to be the case. Remember how amazing it was to me that this was something I could turn my phone off and run away from it, you know. Yeah. I think that's a, well, it's quite a bold decision in this day and age. Well, I only got a mobile phone two years ago. Yeah. So, I'm still not 
a mobile phone user because I actually think it fills up your mind with everything but your own thoughts. Yeah. And I just don't think that's healthy. I really don't. Yeah. And I love sitting at the tram stop just staring at the bushes going, oh, it must be autumn now. I can see the blackberries rather than being on the blackberry yes. going, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, hell, I haven't replied to this email. Yeah. Oh, oh Dawn. Like, you know, this like has great, to be done. Uh, gave my uh, father-in-law a uh, brilliant birthday card once. It's a very simple cartoon. It's a bloke sitting at a computer looking at what the weather's like and behind him is a window out to some nice weather. <laughs> no! That's hilarious. <laughs> that is so true. We're going to cut this side. Here. You go this way. Well, guys, I do have to remind you that you owe me a Billy Joel serenade because I have never... I actually can't... Should we just walk down? Yes, yeah, please. Down. You won't be able to sing and run. I was laughing so much at you two singing Billy Joel as in Dylan, Bob Dylan's voice. <laughs> that honestly had to stop running. I was laughing so much. So I thought I will ask a special request. You don't necessarily have to put it on your podcast if you don't want to, but you can put it on afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll stick it on. We'll stick it on. Oh, I'm a big fan of Billy. That was a lovely run, you know. Oh, thank really you. Yeah, so really nice no. I can see why. I, I thought my next marathon, I might intentionally run really slow in the hope of meeting, you know. <laughs> just collapse. Just collapse. Oh, you, you have to. Me. You can rescue me in 21 miles. Yeah, oh, I you're really not competitive. <laughs> yeah, if you fail in a marathon, seven virgins await you. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> well, well, I'll definitely pick you up. That reminds you of something. Um, mm. <laughs> no, that's it. No. Um, the, uh, um, uh, the, I really like that risk you have with running commentary that would make people laugh and it makes it difficult for them to run. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a wonderful occupation. <laughs> But um, I think also that, that if there's anyone, if there's any running commentary listeners who do sort of think, I love the idea of running, but I don't get as much as I should, or I never have, or I've done a bit, but I've got out of it, that to read your, uh, um, your pace or mine, you'd be hard pushed not to be inspired, wouldn't you? It's like a, it's inspired and amused and just, just good fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, like the next best thing to an actual shoebox full of inspiration to go running. Which you oh, that's so lovely. Well, I would say that other tip is to buy themselves a funny hat first. Because once you've got a funny hat, yeah. um, honestly, the, the, yeah. the little prance that I do when my new funny hat arrives in the post, and I put it on, and I'm just like prancing in the bathroom mirror, and people even write to me, and they go, you know, let's not forget about ranging, you know, where we're going to meet and whatever, but what are you going to wear? Yeah, <laughs> and um, I try and theme it, you know, according to the marathon. So I had this amazing hat that I found in Loch Ness. For the Loch Ness Marathon of the Monster, I had a monster hat. And honestly, I, I can't even tell you the joy. It was actually better than the medal, was just finding that perfect hat. <laughs> so I have to say to people, you know, start small. Yeah. Start with things, because running you can't buy. I mean, you've actually got to do it. Yeah. But you can't buy things, yeah. like a funny hat, that'll up. just make you feel really positive. Yeah. And that little thing that'll always stay with you, I bet that, you know, like going back to your snack pack and, and even on the long run like that you know I, this last marathon I was just so excited about how delicious Starburst were wow yeah, literally I'm having I'm, I'm, I'm great I Rob got a black one it's perfect and it's formula. delicious yes. 
And, and because you've got that, you're down that one level, that emotional, you've got your emotions all out in the open, you know, you, you kind of eat this sweet and go, isn't that the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my life? Well, that's it's a big a mistake people make is eating all those disgusting, you know, glucose tablets that taste like cockroaches, yep. like powdered cockroaches, and also gels, which just taste like, you know, sweet snot. And I just think, why do that to yourself? Honestly, you're not going to look forward to taking that. And I just got sick and tired of running with gels and bringing them all home. Yep. And that's why I run with chocolate and I actually say to people, you know, people are really struggling. I say to them, 20 miles, we get to 20 miles, I've got chocolate. Yeah. You know, you cannot believe what difference that makes. And you're sharing yeah. the chocolate and everyone's happy. And yeah, okay, it doesn't, just, you know, absorb in your body as fast as the gels. Or <laughs> Who cares? Oh, it like makes the, you happy. It's like the first time people said about drinks, having drinks. It's like, you know, that really helped me hydrate. So I'm confident that water... Is, is quite good at helping you. <laughs> I, I'm not a doctor, but I'm confident. Let's get a nice picture of us back true. here. That was great. We've had a really beautiful London in, in this quite working London we can see behind us. There we go. That was lovely. Wow, that was beautiful. There so thank you so much no, for having thank us you. today. We recommend your uh, your uh, um, published works. Oh, and, that's uh, so kind. And, thank uh, you. And, you know, keep in touch and we'll hope to find out what you're doing next. But not too many marathons this year. Um, no, we've only got a few months left. Two months left. Oh, I'm still doing another one, but... Good luck with your marriage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, um, it's been the ultimate test, I think, and it's come out with flying colours. We celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary well, this year. Well so it's there for now, but I, I need to keep it going for another 25. Yeah, you run out and run 25 miles to celebrate. Can I ask, you, have you got Twitter? I have. What's your Twitter? Um, it's Lisa Jackson 43 Lisa Jackson 43 We are Run Compod on Twitter and Instagram and running commentary on Facebook um, get in touch and if you've got a message for Lisa just pass it on to us and we'll pass it on to her you've got a hat for Lisa have you got a post office box for those (laughs) jeez I'd love that that would be amazing it would inspire me to run another 100 marathons just to wear them all well as long as Mm. we don't tell your husband that that's what they do yeah that you did it it's your fault (laughs) thanks for taking us out no thank you Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cut, 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 cut,